This is the final word. Good evening and welcome to the star-studded and award-winning final word. Dan has reminded me that there's great pressure to make this the best show ever since it is, in fact, the final show of 2020. This is the show that should be part of every holiday celebration. And thanks to our loyal viewers and with their thought-provoking, dangerously edgy comments, this show is also a ratings bonanza. Did I mention it's star-studded? Let's get started by introducing you to tonight's three panelists. Joining us remotely tonight on Zoom is the afternoon host at 105.9 The X, Mark Madden. Hi, Mark. It's Sunday. You know what that means. All right, from our partners at DKPittsburghSports.com, Dan Kovacevic. You know, Albie, this actually is going to be the best show because it is the last show of 2020. And if I had a remote, I would just flick 2020 off like it never happened. <laughs> All right, and uh, it is Sunday. What does that mean? All right, from the 93.7 The Fan, uh, Doran Dickerson. Hi, Doran. How you doing? Divisional champs. Can't tell me you saw that coming. A lot of faith left in the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Lots of good stuff to talk about tonight, and some of the topics we're going to be talking about. We're looking for five words on the biggest factor in today's Steelers comeback. We're going to talk about the Ravens' punishment for their COVID outbreak. The Pirates trade Josh Bell, and now Gregory Polanco has a broken wrist. Is what's happening necessary uh, to rejuvenate the team in the long term? And, and, and what's the best thing you saw in Pittsburgh sports in 2020? We'll get to that later, but first the night's big topic was the second half comeback enough to restore your confidence in the Steelers hopes through the playoff mark Albie let me see how I can best phrase this no uh I I know they look good in the second half but they ain't look good for over a month before that I've never thought they're as good as their record I don't think they can be Kansas City. I have my dots. They can beat Buffalo. And if they get a wild card game against a divisional foe like Cleveland or Baltimore, I think that would be a very frisky game with the result very much in doubt. However, they're far from dead and buried. I do give them that. They got rid of the boo-boo face. They played like professionals. In short, the Steelers showed some guts today. And this time of year, Guts can go a long way. So I give them credit. Whether it's a last gasp or a new beginning, I do not know. All right. Thanks, Mark. Day, and your thoughts? When you bottom out in, in any slump, uh, there's a lot that goes into it. And generally speaking, there's a lot of good that follows it. The one thing that's been true all through the, the Steelers slide, and I'm not just counting the three losses. I'm talking about the poor play before that, even in wins was that they needed to stretch the field. They needed to throw the ball downfield, 10 yards, 15 yards, anything yards that wasn't two or three. It took them a while in this game to get that going. Specifically, it took Ben Roethlisberger a while. Once he did, it was amazing, not really, how all the rest of the offense just opened up around him. Uh, they could even run the ball a little bit after that. Uh, that's the key. That's where all the hope is. All right, Doran. 
Yeah, and it did open up. And, and to echo off of Dane, I mean, we saw everything we wanted to see from Ben Roethlisberger in the second half. He threw the ball deep. Uh, he made some nice passes. He showed that he still has a lot left in the tank. So my confidence level is right where it was before they had their losing skid. Deontay Johnson is catching the ball fantastically now. We had a lot of drops in the, the previous games. A lot of things were ticking in that second half. Chase Claypool got some targets. A lot of good things we saw in the second half will, uh, does raise my confidence level for the Steelers heading into the playoffs. All right. A reminder, keep those comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word and on Facebook at The Final Word. Now it's time for five words as your comments scroll down the left side of your screen. Give us five words on the biggest factor in today's Steelers comeback. Uh, all right, from Facebook, finally stepped up when mattered. That's from Aaron. Also from Facebook, Rob says, throwing the ball downfield. And four finally, words. It's four from Twitter, finally making second-half adjustments. I'm surprised I didn't catch that. Howie the Legend <laughs> Bell tweeted that. Uh, Mark, Dane, and Doran, that means one of you gets six. Give us five words on the biggest factor in today's Steelers' comeback. Mark, you're first. Ben, 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 Ben. I'll take the sixth word, Ben. It doesn't matter what else goes right if the way Ben plays goes wrong. And he's been pretty bad for a month or so now, dating back to the mid-November win against Cincinnati. That was his last truly good game up until today. Again, I don't know if it's the last gasp or a new beginning, but the Steelers go as Ben goes. And I don't know that he has a lot left in the tank, but he certainly did the job in the second half. It's like he switched arms at halftime with Phillip Rivers. He was pushing the ball in the first half. He was zinging it in the second. More Ben like that, please. All right, Dan, five words. Okay, Ben remembered Chase Claypool exists. There was no targets, none for Claypool in the first half. I watched them down on the sideline coming onto the field for the second half. And they had a pretty long conversation between Ben and Claypool, who would know what was, what was said between them. But when they went out for that first series, you saw it. Bang, to 11, then down deep to 11, and then real deep to 11. And now they didn't punch that in, but the, the tone was set that the Steelers could go downfield. That changed everything. All right, Doran, five words. The AFC is wide open. Flipping back and forth from the Steeler game to the Kansas City Chiefs game. I know Kansas City's number one, but they didn't look promising against the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons was driving up and down the field. I know that's who the Steelers are going to look for into the playoffs. Buffalo Bills play tomorrow. So to me, the AFC is wide open. I did see a lot of promise from the Steelers in the second half of today's game, and that's very promising heading in uh, to the playoffs and heading into next week. All right, and of course, the Steelers finish out the regular season at the Browns next week. Still to come, the Ravens get a $250,000 fine for the COVID violations that greatly impacted the Steelers' schedule. What should the punishment have been? All right, on Twitter, draft pick. The Subway Final Word is back right after this. This is the Final Word. Welcome back. I'm Albie Oxenrider tonight with Mark Madden, Dan Kovacevic, and Doran Dickerson. This is the final word, and our next topic is the Ravens. They get a $250,000 fine for the COVID violations that greatly impacted the Steelers. What should the punishment have been, Dan? Well, there's no question the Ravens messed up, and you know it wasn't in the same way that the Titans did, and the Titans got a slap on the wrist. 
Uh, you could argue that once that happened, even though the NFL put out additional guidelines after the fiasco in Nashville, that it sh they should have been that much tougher on Baltimore. They weren't. Um, this is the NFL. They just don't operate like that. Roger Goodell has his buddies. He's buddies with the owner of the Baltimore Ravens, and that's how it is. There's really not much else to say here. The Ravens went and they slapped the wrist of, this, of the, 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 the strength coordinator, and that was the end of it. All right, let's go back to uh, social media here. I would have fined them $500,000 in a top draft pick for next season and the following season. Hit them where it hurts, says Josh on Facebook. Uh, Doran, what would you have fined them? Yeah, I, I agree with Josh on uh, Facebook. I mean, a, a top draft pick. Look, $250,000 is, is a chump change to these NFL teams. Will the Titans get fined? $350K? That is chump change to these teams. They don't care about that. They should have got slapped on the wrist. Something that hurts their not just their pockets, but their team. So I do agree with maybe a draft pick, but this is just chump change. So, I mean, it, it just it's, it's unbelievable. Mark? What the Titans did was far worse because they directly ignored a mandate from the league that kept them from practicing by having those unauthorized workouts. As far as what I would like to see happen regarding the fine the Ravens got, I wish that we in Pittsburgh could quit whining about it. We had to play three games in 12 days. We had to play three games in 12 days. That's why we lost. We had to play three games in 12 days. Sunday, Sunday, Thursday, you stupid idiots. NFL teams play three games in 12 days all the time. It's a pandemic. There's going to be inconvenience. Shut the hell up. All right. And to the Pirates for our next topic. Doran, the Pirates traded Josh Bell last week, and now Gregory Polanco has a broken wrist. Is what's happening necessary to rejuvenate the team in the long term? Well, I mean, you watch the Pirate games to see players, in my opinion, so you get rid of a guy like Josh Bell, and that's who fans kind of gravitate to. I know you can't go to games right now because of the pandemic, but the viewer wants to see players. I mean, th th this is going backwards, in my opinion. I don't know what direction that the Pirates – think they're going in by getting younger or getting guys some pitchers that could substitute for Josh Bell in the in the trade or whatever so uh, I, I do believe that you need those star name players on your roster for people to come and support your team this to me was just a, a backward step by the Pittsburgh Pirates all right at least Polanco broke it playing baseball and not some other dumb way uh, that's from Dave on Twitter uh, on to Mark what are your thoughts on this Mark now, Abby, when you say long run, how long? Like 1979? Before that, how long are we talking about? All it was was a salary dump. I've seen it overanalyzed to the point of tears, but they announced it on Christmas Eve. They were ashamed of the deal. It wasn't for prospects. A 26-year-old, he ain't a prospect. It's a salary dump. It's how the Pirates do business. They're not building for anything besides a future that never comes. Dan? It's a salary dump. I mean, all you have to do is release the player. He was, you know, you don't, there's an arbitration way to get rid of the guy. You don't have to trade him. Uh, as far as the Pirates go in their future, uh, I've been saying for years, I've been criticizing the Pirates front office, uh, much to the chagrin of a lot of their fans, for years for not having had a farm system that's competitive, remotely competitive. Well, Neil Huntington and Kyle Stark, the guys who did that for over 12 years and left that system barren are gone. Ben Charrington, has to build it back up. Simple as that. There's no other way. You either have a salary cap or you have some supersonic strong farm system like the Tampa Bay Rays. 
Baseball doesn't leave you another choice. Ben Charrington had no choice except to make this move and a bunch more that are still coming. All so right. the 26-year-old pitcher, the prospect, that makes no, it the, the other guy's a pros- the other guy's a prospect. The 26-year-old was brought in to maybe help the current rotation. The other guy was the main guy they wanted. All right. How good is he going to be? We'll find out. No idea, yeah, Mark. I bet we no will. No idea. Four more days of 2020, then it's on to a new year. So with that in mind, we'll start with Mark. 2020 was a rough year for everybody. Uh, and sports included to a much lesser extent than some situations. But let's end it on a positive. What's the best thing, Mark, you saw in Pittsburgh sports in 2020? Uh, My radio show. I am the guiding light. I am the be-all, end-all. I am the super genius with the tested IQ of 166. Other than that, I was really happy that Liverpool won the Premier League. All right. Thank you for that. Penn's back on the ice after the layoff. That's right. That didn't last long. Joe on Facebook. <laughs> Dan, your pick. Best moment of 2020 in sports. Uh, I'm, I'm going to take the easy way out here. I, I spent a lot of time in stadiums and arenas over these past few months, including during the pandemic, uh, from Jacksonville to Dallas to all over the place. The men and women who have kept these places clean, who have worked hard, have gotten more respect in 2020 than they had in any other year and all of the other years combined. Uh, I'm grateful for it. I know a lot of the people, including the teams, the players, and everybody else are grateful for what they've done. Doran, best moment of 2020 in sports. Well, I'm happy to see that the football of the Whippeal got played this year through and through. Uh, Those seniors deserve their senior year playing football. They didn't get to play at Heinz Field but they got to play and they got to play at Hershey for those who did make it. I'm happy for those seniors to be able to complete their senior year. Um, I'm disheartened by the seniors that didn't get to in the spring. Uh, that's a tough situation. So the positive here is I'm, I'm happy that the Whippeal figured out a way and the PIA figured out a way to get through this football season and have these kids play. And the city, never leave out the city, never leave out the city. All right, well, the fact that 2020 was so challenging for so many people, again, it's, it's not as important for sure, but sports uh, adds a, a great bit of optimism to everything that everybody does. And the fact that they played, even with a shortened baseball season and hockey in the bubble for those playoffs and uh, no preseason for football, but at least they were able to play those sports and bring people some sense of normalcy. When we come back around the horn on any topic, it's the final word next on The Final Word. Final word. Welcome back. It's time for the final word. Everybody gets a chance. Any subject. And Dan, you're first. Ever since the NHL put out its divisional alignment and its schedule, and hockey's not that far away, January 3 training camps, uh, everybody's been fretting over the quality of the Penguins' new East division. The Penguins can't compete in there. The Penguins' playoff streak is going to come to an end. And at the same time, when you ask them who's the favorite to win the division, everybody says in a snap, Boston. Think about who that core is that the Bruins have. It's Zdeno Chara. It's Brad Marchand. It's Patrice Bergeron. It's David Krejci. It's Tuka Rask. It's the same old guys. They're actually older than the Penguins guys. Stop fretting about the Penguins' age. Doran, final word. 
Uh, don't stop believing. I mean, with the Steelers coming back and looking like they could have a promising future heading into the playoffs, I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about the Pittsburgh Penguins starting January 13th. Hockey season is right around the corner. Good to be a nice transition from football to hockey, and hopefully the Penguins uh, have a great season this year. All right, Mark, final word. After the game, Juju Smith-Schuster did his TikTok thing, his wide receiving core. They all did the bunny hop. It looked absurd. It looked like a very clumsy version of the Radio City Rockettes. Do I mind? No, I don't mind. You know why? Because he made a play. He scored a touchdown. Make plays first, brand later. Keep the priorities in that order, Juju. You and me going to get along just fine. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thank you, Doran. Thank you, Dan. Our final word now from social media. Is it January 13th yet? Let's go, Pens. That's from Twitter. All right. I think John F. Kennedy said it, but somebody said it. I know he said it, but he might have been quoting somebody else. (laughs) And it is true. (laughs) And it is true. And I'm quoting him who may have been quoting somebody else. All right. Here it is. Success has a thousand fathers. Failure is but an orphan. That's what I saw over the last month. When the Steelers were 11-0, everybody wanted to call them theirs. That changed during the three-game losing streak and through at least half of today's game. Can you imagine if there would have been fans at Heinz Field and what would have happened when the Steelers were playing like they were playing in the first half? But at least for another few weeks, the fans that tend to be fair weather are still on board. Yes, at least for another few weeks. Cleveland next week to end the regular season and then let the playoffs begin, which will be the end of a very, very unusual NFL season. Remember, success is a thousand fathers, failure is an orphan. Who said it, Doran? Kennedy. I think yeah. it was Madden at the beginning of the show. <laughs> yeah, I'm still, I'm still trying to figure that out. <laughs> Super Look, genius. Maybe it when was, I'm on the show, When I'm on the show, don't bring up the Kennedys, okay? All right, that's the final word for oh, tonight no. and for 2020. I'm Albie Oxenrider for Mark Day and Doran. Thanks for staying up late with us. Be safe, stay healthy, happy new year.